bóng đá, football, số chéo, sepakbola, Welcome to Moving Goalpost Beyond Barriers, a brand new podcast series where we talk about the AFC Asian Cup and tackle issues that prevent many women from reaching their professional dream of playing football and representing their country. My name is Yumi Oba from SBS Japanese. Joining me will be my colleague, Yuelu from SBS Mandarin, as we tackle issues surrounding barriers. So after 17 incredible days of football in India, five teams from the Asian Confederation has qualified for the World Cup. And a huge congratulations to China PR for their win against Korea Republic. Yui, the celebration must have been huge back in China. Absolutely, Yumi. I think their fighting spirit and their determination to never give up has really touched the nation, particularly with this occurring within the Lunar New Year. You know, China coming back from 0-2 to win the final was sensational. Absolutely. And what an achievement for the Philippines and Vietnam qualifying into the 2023 World Cup for the first time in history. I think so much conversation and awareness has been generated around women's football over the last few weeks, not just for the qualifying nations, but for all those who participated. So Yumi caught up with Bai Lili again, the head of AFC's women's football development, with some insights into how the tournament will shape women's football in China, as well as rest of Asia going forward. China's historical win to become the most successful Asian nation in women's football with nine titles has brought up many fond memories for the former player of China PR. You know, it was uh, 2006, my last appearance for China. We won the champion, but I didn't uh, play the final because I got serious injury in the semi-final against DPR Korea. Um, I was sitting in the wheelchair to receive the trophy together with my teammates. So we were wearing the tailor-made shirt. It wrote, we are the champion on the front. So it's uh, unforgettable. Now, after 16 years, China, China won the title back, also extend the record to nine titles. Uh, yes, um, big congratulations to China. Bai says China's win at the 2022 Asian Cup has generated lots of conversation around women's football in the country and that it will bring many positive changes going forward. You know, this time for China, it's not only about winning the title, but about how did they win it. The fighting spirit really moved people. All the TV and social media are talking about the girls. Also, lots of topics were brought up like equal pay, um, the bonus money, the girls' welfare, etc. So lots of companies, entrepreneurs are offering bonus money to the girls. Um, it's generated lots of discussion about women's football in China, how it looked like in the past um, and the future all be discussed. However, when Bai won the Asian title back in 2006, she said that the attention and recognition of women's football only lasted a short time. It's just at the time more people cheered for you and then when you back to the day-to-day training, um, you know, nobody really... Uh, care or really given any um, tangible support. Um, but at that time, 
um, you know, people still thinking, um, you know, girls playing football is a very tough job. Um, you don't get too much for return and um, um, injuries and, you know, outdoor activities. It's not really fit, you know, the, the Chinese people's pers perspective for, for girls. Um, but nowadays, you know, as the living standards improving, the people um, understand the importance of the sports, you know, for human beings, uh, well-beings. So um, they're, they're changing their mindsets. Um, they seeing girls playing football is a very uh, healthy, you know, image. During the recent Women's Asian Cup, many would have also seen the men's FIFA World Cup qualifier taking place, such that the attention was shifted from the men's to the women's. But interestingly, in China, when the men's lost against Vietnam, it acted as a catalyst to boost women's football. Before the semi-final China against Japan, uh, China men's team lost to Vienna in the World Cup qualifier match on the first day of uh, New Year, the Tiger Year. So people were so disappointed. And the following days, all the attention shifted to the women's game against Japan. The game was only live streamed on the internet. Um, after winning Japan, people started to talk about the girls also questioning why the national sports TV is not broadcasting the match. It's all over the social media. So the CCTV5, the national sports channel, announced they will live broadcast the final ma match immediately. And uh, the final, of course, grabbed all the football fans' attention in China and lots of non-football fans as well because um, the day was on the last day of Chinese New Year's holiday. So everybody is at home are watching TV. So after the big winning, people is talking about women's football nonstop. Hope this is the turning point for China women's football. At least, uh, you know, the CCTV5 were never not broadcasting China women's football match anymore. Don't treat them like the queen when they win the champion, but forget them uh, when they are working hard on the field for the day-to-day -day training. I think people in China are changing their perspectives towards girls playing football. Um, the girls want the respect and showing them new image of girls playing football. Bai says that the Asian Cup gave AFC the confidence that what they have been implementing in the past few years to develop women's football is indeed working. Um, I'm responsible for the technical study group for the tournament. So from a technical point of view, I would say a lot of positive findings. Findings, For example, the gap between the top group and the second group is narrowing um, the arising ASEAN teams. So teams like the Philippines, Vietnam made a history for getting themselves into the World Cup. And the way they play, the quality of the players all surprised us in a good way. Also, the competition between the top teams is escalated, um, becoming unpredictable. I mean, before the tournaments, more people expected Japan and Australia meet at the final. As the result and the positive finding from the tournament proves what we are doing is on the right direction. Now, will the AFC Women's Asian Cup continue to have 12 teams in the tournament going forward? Uh, this answer is for sure. Um, you know, the interview we did with head coach, as they said, the qualification for the final round already made the changes in the country. And grabbed the attention, uh, broke down the stereotype, lots of plan already put in place. For example, restore the leagues, um, the grassroots campaign, 
um, once the pandemic is over, it's all on the go. And uh, we should even discuss the further expansion to 16 teams as the 12 team is not ideal competition format. During the last three episodes, we have put a particular attention on the football developing nations and their barriers. However, like we have heard from Bai, we know that challenges still exist for the football developed nations as well. And a good example to illustrate here is Japan. Yes, Japan has had a successful men's professional league for 30 years now, but professional women's league, We League or Women Empowerment League was established only last year. So women playing football in Japan could not make football their career? That's indeed correct. And even during the Asian Cup, no single match was broadcasted and was available only on paid view. So there is little access to even the nation's best women's football. So to give a little more insight on women's football in Japan, here is a report from Yumi, who caught up with Keiko Tanaka, who currently plays for the National Premier League in New South Wales, with many years of experience in Japan's amateur league. Keiko Tanaka arrived in Australia in 2020 and currently wears the number 10 jersey for the Glazeville Ravens in New South Wales. She was in the under-19s national squad in Japan with a solid nine years of experience in Japan's women's football league. When Keiko was growing up, it was normal playing football with boys as girls' dedicated teams or competitions were rare or did not exist. When I was a child, there weren't many girls playing so we weren't able to make a girls-only competition. So it was normal for girls back then to join a boys' team. As we go into middle school, there are no more mixed teams because of the difference in the level of development between boys and girls. Many girls found it difficult to continue playing for different reasons and stopped playing. Having dedicated almost a decade of her football career to Japan's amateur league, the gender inequality present in Japan has been very real for Keiko. I definitely feel that there are issues with gender equality and especially looking at the difference between popularity and the monetary profit players obtained with males and females. Most of the school league players weren't able to make a living out of soccer, so they were also working full-time or part-time. National team players were a bit different, but they still didn't make much money either. However, with this new women's professional league, I was able to feel that female players are also getting recognized as professional players. Keiko believes that the establishment of Women's Professional League is a start to a new chapter in women's football in Japan. I think it will lift the level of football to a higher standard because it will enable players to feel a sense of responsibility and professional reasons that they have never faced before. I also think that 
there will be more overseas players coming to play in this league too. I believe that this will be a revolutionary change within women's football in Japan, and I hope it will increase the popularity of football. Keiko is in her third season at the National Premier League, but feels that despite Australia being a multicultural country, representation of players with an Asian background in the league is still very limited. Perhaps one of the reasons is that Australia's national team is better than those of the Asian countries. So many players might think I'm not good enough. However, this isn't true. And Japanese players, for example, are in fact greatly respected and wanted because they can bring a different taste to the team. Um, another reason but might be that there is no monetary profit in playing NPL. Some teams can't pay players much, and even if they did, uh, it is not enough to make a living out of. So players should think of this as playing soccer in a competitive way. For Keiko, it is not all about money and she has gained many valuable skills and experiences. For example, I have improved my English language and have got to experience a different style of football in terms of strength, speed, tactics, and so on. These are valuable experience and money can't buy, and I am grateful for this. Keiko says that in Japan, people tend to have a perception that only elite players go overseas to play football and that there is not enough information out there that all level of football is open to anyone and everyone in Australia. I want to change this by, uh, this by sharing more information and including the number of not only Japanese but Asian players to play football here. Now that the Asian Cup is done dusted, I guess the focus is now on the FIFA World Cup held here in Australia and New Zealand. And together with the host country Australia, China, South Korea, Japan, Philippines and Vietnam have all secured a spot. And hopes remain for Thailand and Chinese Taipei as they go into the Inter-Confederation playoffs. And for these language communities here in Australia, it means that they can cheer on for their country. And it's also an opportunity to raise awareness about women's football here in Australia. So Yui spoke to Kamran Keshavaz, president of Iranian Football Association in Australia, about what they learned back in 2015 when Australia hosted the Men's Asian Cup and the barriers that they faced as they tried to promote women's football in the community. Iranian Football Association in Australia was founded in 2014, just before the 2015 AFC Asian Cup, as a means to raise awareness of football within the Persian-speaking community in Australia. 
Kamran Keshavas, president of the organization, says the lack of knowledge and the lack of interest are the major obstacles to Iranian women's participation in football here in Australia. Lack of proper information about available opportunities for them to play football is one of them. Women in our community are not aware of many available opportunities out there in the Australian communities. Maybe there has not been a proper atmosphere for them. Maybe they feel lonely out there and prefer to play football with their family and friends. I reckon this has been turned to a problem for them. Unlike the Afghan community, Kamran said Iranian women in Australia are influenced by cultural factors and therefore do not have a positive idea about participating in sports like football. In Iran, a national women's football team was formed only in 2005, and athletes have to be fully covered when playing, even in the summer heat. Male spectators are also banned from attending their matches. Personally, I reckon there are some cultural reasons behind that as well. I'm always thinking how come this issue does not exist in the Afghan community. They have been successfully run a variety of tournaments for women. I guess they have 16 women teams, but unfortunately we have not been able to do that so far. Today's women demand increased social and cultural participation. In the field of football, though the facilities and infrastructure needed to provide this presence is actually in place, many Iranian women in Australia are not aware of the opportunities available. In the interview, when asked why fewer women pursue the sport as a profession than men, Kamran said the reasons for this phenomenon are twofold with the lack of information being the first. So I think one of the reasons is the lack of information. The other reason could be our football society did not create this opportunity for the women to participate. I mean, it is not always necessary for them to play. Their presence, for instance, in the management team would encourage both their kids and their friends to come and play football. If the women participate, that will bring the kids and even the entire family to the football. I hope we would be able to improve this and create the opportunities and proper environment for them so that our women could also come and involve. To Kamran, the 2023 FIFA World Cup, jointly hosted by Australia and New Zealand, will be a great opportunity for the Persian-speaking community to raise awareness about women's football and provide opportunities to participate in the sport. The more the environment is paved for women's football, the greater will be the chance for them to prove their ability as sportswomen. Cameron and Iranian Football Association in Australia are ready to play their part. That requires more work. In my opinion, a long-term work. We have to invest on this and do not lose our hope. 
it might take two to three years. Most importantly, we have the opportunity to host the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup next year. We need to seize this opportunity to encourage Iranian women and create the environment so that they could participate and grow women's football in Australia. I hope we could build a bridge between Iranian women and the football society in Australia. You know, looking back at all the talents on this podcast series who have shared their inspiring stories, I feel that the lack of awareness is one of the key factors affecting women's football participation. Opportunity is actually there, but women are not aware or were informed. So let's continue on with the conversation and share stories about women in football not just those on the playing field, but coaches, administrators, referees, anyone who comes in contact. If we all do our part, we can certainly move goalposts beyond barriers. Well, that is almost full time. Thank you all for listening. This is Yu Lu from SBS Mandarin. And Yumi Oba from SBS Japanese. 再见. Sayonara.